Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals, where crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs can learn and experience the art of crystal healing. In today's show, we're going to talk about a topic that's a little bit controversial. And you know what? Let me correct myself already and say it is super controversial. And that is whether or not healers should accept financial compensation for their services. So there are a lot of people who are involved in the new age or metaphysical community that think that it's unethical for healers to accept payment for their services. I've even seen healers called greedy or money hungry for accepting money in exchange for the services they provide. And I know that this is a controversial topic. I've seen a lot of really heated discussions about this. Um, people adamantly, you know, on both sides of this situation. And I do want to say I hope that this podcast sparks some really great discussion. Um, but I do want to ask that everyone just keep it respectful and enlightening and positive. Whether you agree or disagree with what I'm about to say, um, let's just keep it positive. Let's keep this conversation uplifting and enlightening and actually meant to, you know, help us see one another's points of view because I have some pretty strong opinions on this. Um, but I also really honor whatever your beliefs are around this, but I hope through this podcast, I can kind of get you to see my point of view and maybe switch your way of thinking if you don't agree with me. So give me a chance. Um, but I totally honor whatever it is you feel, you know, by the time you get to the end of this podcast, if you still don't agree with me, that's okay. I honor your beliefs and you're totally entitled to your opinions. Um, so I personally do think that healers should charge for their services and I'm going to get into why, but before I do, I, I want to say, I do think there are a couple instances where it is unethical for people to be charging for the work that they do. I'm not naive. I realize that there are some people out there who will take advantage of a situation. And so I'm going to address that kind of toward the end of the podcast. So, you know, if you're waiting for the counterpoint, I, I get them and I'm going to talk about that. But I, I do want to really kind of speak more to those of you maybe right now who feel like there is kind of some stigma around this idea of accepting payment for healing services. And the, the argument here is usually that, you know, hey, if a healer really wants to be of service and they're really acting with integrity and coming from a place of positivity and a place of light and a place of caring and compassion, then they should offer these services for free because it's the right thing to do. And you know what? I hear that. I get that. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit because I agree, but I disagree. So there are circumstances where I agree, um, but mostly I do think that healers should get compensated for the work that they do. And here's why. Let's go into a couple points and hear me out on this. 
And if you do agree with me, maybe this would even help you kind of look at these things in a new light too, and maybe understand a little deeper why you agree. Because you know what? I, the, the blog post for this podcast, um, this is like embarrassing to say. I can't believe I'm telling you guys this on the podcast, but I've been writing this article for the blog for over a year. Now, most of my articles are like about three to 600 words. They're pretty short and sweet. This one is like 2,000 words. It's long. It's a long blog post. And it's taken me over a year to formulate what seems now like the most simplistic of ideas and kind of thoughts about why it is I feel this way. But sometimes it's really hard to articulate why you feel a certain way or why you believe a certain thing. And so hopefully if you do agree with me, but you're not sure why, maybe I'll put some of these thoughts like into perspective and and help you get a little more clarity about that. So let's get into the first one. This is a really big one, like right off the bat. And although it doesn't really speak to the ethics, it it does speak to the importance of why paying for these services is a big deal. So this is what it comes down to. If we want to see more of this kind of work in the world, then we need to support it. And let's be real for a minute. Nothing speaks louder than backing things up with your cold, hard cash, right? (laughs) So I want to give you an example here of um, something that I think is a little bit similar, at least in my own mind. So I want you to think about something like organic produce and organic grocery items. They used to be really expensive compared to conventional foods, and they were difficult to find. They were more of a specialty item, um, usually only in like a higher-end grocery store. You couldn't just go to any regular grocery store and find organic produce, and especially not in the huge variety that we have it in most places today. Now, although we've come a long way, I realize that some organic items still cost a little bit more than conventional, although that's still, you know, the gap is closing every day. Um, But the reason that this started to happen is because people value what they put into their bodies. And speaking from personal experience, for someone who has bought organic for nearly the whole time I've been buying my own grocery items, um used to be really hard, right? It used to be really hard to find these kinds of things. And it used to be pretty expensive to buy organic. I remember when I first started buying organic, I was only buying things that were on the dirty dozen list. I don't know if you've ever heard of the dirty dozen list, but it's the 12 produce items that use the most harmful chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, Um, to produce. And I started out by just making a commitment to myself that, okay, I can't afford to buy everything organic because it was still pretty expensive way back then. But these things on this dirty dozen list, I'm not going to buy conventional because I don't want to put that stuff into my body. I value my health. I value nutrition. I value taking good care of myself. And it was, for me, a form of self-care. And it has become so much easier and so much more affordable to find good, healthy, organic foods. But that only happened because people in the earlier days were willing to put their money where their mouth was 
and spend a little bit more to get those organic items. And they, you know, the, the reason that organic items used to cost so much more is because there weren't that many producers out there doing it. No one thought that there was a big enough market or industry to back it up. And when patrons of grocery stores started requesting more organic items, started taking out their wallets and paying a little bit more to show that they placed value on those things, the bigger food production companies started to take notice. And organic foods and healthier foods started to make their way into grocery stores. Now, are we 100% there yet? Oh my gosh. By no means, you know, when you can have an entire aisle of like nothing but processed junk, like we're not in a great place yet, but we're way better off than we used to be. And backing up your ideals and your values with your wallet helps to send a message to the larger industry about what's important to you in your life and about what you value. And why am I talking about this? Why am I talking about organic food when I'm supposed to be talking about whether or not it's ethical for healers to earn money for their services? Here's my larger point. Because if you value a holistic approach to health and wellness, then I think this same thing that happened for organic groceries can happen for alternative wellness practices. If more and more people start paying for these services because they place value on them, then maybe one day, maybe not next month, maybe not next year, but one day, I do think that health insurance companies may start to take notice and start to offer coverage for these kinds of therapies in part of their plans. So for example, lots of insurance companies now cover things, at least partially, like massage, reflexology, chiropractic, hypnotherapy, acupuncture. And this was not always the case, right? People didn't use to cover that in insurance plans. But because people were willing to pay for those services, insurance companies could see a measurable trend in the growth of those industries, and it became obvious that people placed value on these more holistic services. So someday soon, insurance companies might even be encouraged to pick up the cost of other alternative healing practices, maybe even energy healing, if we're willing to back up our values with our wallets, if we're willing to pay a living wage now and be pioneers, if we're willing to be the people who forged forward with the organic food movement. And we're willing to pay a little bit more to get the attention of the larger industry so that it could be more affordable for all. Then you're really doing a service to everyone. More money in a small industry means major growth. And that's when people start to pay attention. And that's when change starts to happen. So although that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the ethics of a healer taking money one-on-one for their services, it really speaks to almost our responsibility if we're going to be the people that tout the importance of these services. It, It really speaks to our responsibility to being willing to pay for them. And so if, you, if you're sitting there thinking, you know, 
I, I just think people should do it for free because it's the right thing to do. That's great. And you know what? Everyone who grows vegetables should grow organic because it's the right thing to do. But the reality of the situation is that people can't necessarily afford that. No one could afford to take that leap until it was proven. So if you care about holistic health, if you care about alternative approaches to health and wellness, don't put the responsibility on the healer to do the work for free. Take responsibility on yourself to be willing to pay for the things that you value. Okay, so here's another thing to think about. And this one really does go back to that idea of the ethics and integrity behind taking money, okay? Healers have often sacrificed a lot to step into their dream job and do the work that they do. They've likely paid tons of their own money for training. So an example here, I myself have invested over $50,000 in my own crystal healing education. I just added this up recently and it was a staggering number and it was so crazy to think about, but you know what? It's something I valued because I wanted to provide the best possible services to my clients and then to my students. And you know what? The only way for me to do that was to invest in my education. And then there's also the investment in all the tools and supplies, everything from maybe crystals and essential oils to your massage table and the things that you put in your healing space and even renting the space itself. And so you might be thinking, well, that's just the cost of doing business and those healers should have to pay those costs if they're going to get into that line of work and want to be of service and, and offer these kinds of sessions to people. And you know what? You're absolutely right. But if you're going to put it on the healer as just a cost of doing a business, then there needs to be a business and a business means an exchange of money from the client to the healer. And, you know, for those people who say, well, you know what, they should just offer these sessions for free because it's the right thing to do. And if someone really needs that in their life, if they need that spiritual guidance or they need that chakra alignment or they need that energy clearing, then it should just be done for free. And you know what? I have to be honest. I think that's a really unreasonable expectation to think that someone should have to invest thousands of dollars or just tons and tons of money into their own education and supplies and space, not to mention the investment of their time. Most healers I know have spent countless hours on their own training and education. And I'm not just talking about classes and workshops and retreats and things like that. I'm talking about the time they spend passionately reading books or articles on the internet or, you know, conversing with other people about what they do so that they can continue to learn more. This isn't just a monetary investment. This is a time investment. So I do think that it is unreasonable, an unreasonable expectation to think that anyone shouldn't have to invest that kind of time and money and never ask for anything in return. So I want to kind of try and put this into context and perspective. So if you are someone that believes that this work should be done for free, let me ask you this. Would you say the same thing for a doctor or a surgeon? Would you tell them that they should offer everything that they do without taking any pay just because it's morally right? 
Now, obviously, you know, doctors take a Hippocratic oath and they're there, they're meant to help people in need. Would a doctor ever turn someone away who is in need? No. But you know what? A doctor usually works for a hospital, a medical group, and they're getting a paycheck, right? Well, your local crystal healer or aromatherapist or Reiki master, they aren't usually part of a larger collective where they're receiving a set salary. Their paycheck is what you pay them for your session. So remember that. So, you know, would you say that to a doctor? Would you say you should just do this for free? You should, you know, spend thousands of dollars on medical school and then you should show up for work every day just because it's the right thing to do? No, no, that's that's not how things work. That's not okay, right? Not to mention, and I just have to say this as kind of an aside, many healers do give back to the community through things like offering a sliding scale fee and appointments for low-income clients, or even just doing straight-up volunteer work or free sessions to people who need them. So for example, like many of Love & Light's own students have gone on to volunteer at places like VA hospitals and AIDS treatment clinics and hospice care centers. And these are just the places that I know about. There's so much more than that. Okay, let's move on. And this is an especially important point here. When you financially support the kind of people that do this work, it actually frees them up to do more to give back to people in their community. And this kind of goes in with what I was just saying, you know, People often do lots of amazing things, but you know what? The time that they're paid for by their paying clients allows them the support and freedom that they need to create and offer these beautiful things to the community in other ways. So I'm going to throw out another personal example here. There is no way that I would be able to provide all of the free training and videos and articles and even this podcast that I do right now if it weren't for the students that support the school by paying for classes. And these students who have been willing to invest in themselves and have an exchange of energy with me have allowed me to offer some truly extraordinary free training as a public service. Um, So for example, this seems like a really weird thing to talk about, and I'm just going to be like totally transparent and open about it. But before we did our most recent crystal healing certification program enrollment, we did a new free video training series. It was called How to Give a Crystal Healing Session Like a Pro. And it was a three-part video series that walked you through step-by-step exactly how to do a crystal healing session. And I knew that this was something that I wanted to offer for free, that I wanted to put out there for the community. And you know what? A lot of the things that I do that I don't get paid for, like writing these articles for the blog and recording these podcasts, I'm able to do because my time is paid for by our students, by our paying customers. And so, you know, the time that I put into creating classes and that kind of thing and and people pay for that, that's a direct energy exchange. And that allows me the time freedom to create these other great free resources. 
And those kinds of things, I'm, I just have to put in my time for free. But it's because I'm financially supported in other ways that I'm able to have the time to do that and create things like the blog and the podcast and videos. So back to this free video training series we did. That was a huge, huge production, and it took not only my time, but I hired a professional cameraman and film editor to come record that training series, edit that training series, produce that training series. And like full transparency, that cost me a couple thousand dollars to produce that. Now, if I didn't have the financial support and energy exchange of my customers, there is no way I would be able to offer those kinds of free resources. I wouldn't have the capital to do that. There's just no way. And if I did all this work for free and had to have another job that supported me financially, there's no way I would have any free time to create all of the free stuff that I'm able to now that I can put out into the community, that I can put out into the world, that I do totally free. So the more financially supported a healer is for some of their work, the more they're able to give back to the community in other ways. And this is why I feel like it is 100% totally ethical for people to receive payment for the work that they do because it allows them that support and freedom to go out into the world and share their gifts in bigger, better ways. And that was kind of also weaves into my next point, which is, you know, this is all beside the fact that if healers did everything for free, they would absolutely burn out. Because when you give and you give and you give without ever receiving, you're not living in balance with the law of attraction. You're not living in balance with the laws of giving and receiving. And there needs to be an equal energy exchange to maintain this balance. So for those that give and give and give without ever receiving anything in return, they aren't able to support their clients as fully because their well is dry. There's no energy coming in and it's near impossible to send anything back out if you have nothing coming in. So if you're a healer, it's really, I want you to like keep really firm boundaries about your self-worth and the value of what you provide. And this doesn't mean that you can't do anything for free. In fact, you know, quite the opposite. Like I was just talking about, it's important to do that for your community. But if you give away too much of yourself or your business for free, then you'll become depleted and you'll burn out, which means you won't be able to help anyone at all. And, you know, let's just face it. If you're a healer and you're not getting paid for any of the work that you do, you have to have some means of supporting yourself, which likely means that you have another, you know, full-time job just to pay your living expenses. And that means that you have less time available to do the healing work that you want to do. Whereas if you're being paid for some of that healing work, and you're doing some great work in the community for free, you're so much more in balance and you're like 100% doing what you were put on this earth to do. So you need to have this balance. You have to have balance between giving and receiving. And I want, about, I want to talk about something that 
one of my amazing mentors once told me, and this is um, kind of a paraphrase conversation that I had with a smart, amazing woman who I really respect and admire. Her name is Patty B, and she's the founder of the Madison Psychic Institute, and she teaches others how to develop their intuitive gifts. And this is what she told me once. She said, you can't give if your chalice is empty. And she was using this word chalice to describe like our spiritual vessel, our energy body. She said, fill your chalice first, because doing this is a form of practicing self-care and self-love, and you are worthy and deserving of the abundance that comes to you. So you need to be willing to receive it. Fill your own chalice first, and then give of yourself to others. So fill your own chalice first so that you have the energy, you have the abundance, you have the freedom in your time, in your finances to give of yourself to others more fully. Okay, so we talked about all these reasons why I do think healers should earn money for the services they provide. But let's now dig into the less glamorous side and talk a little bit about when it's unethical for people to accept money in exchange for healing work. Because I'm not going to be naive and tell you that, you know, every healer out there always deserves to be receiving, you know, continual abundance for the work that they do. That's true, but let's talk about some violations of those ethics, okay? Now, I've been in this industry for a very long time now. And when I say this industry, I mean the metaphysical new age woo-woo crew, right? I've been doing this for a long time, not just with, you know, teaching at the Love and Light School um, or offering crystal healing sessions to my clients when I had my crystal healing practice, but also as the owner of Mimosa Books and Gifts, my new age shop. So I've seen some really disappointing things along the way. The kinds of things that, you know, people get called a bad apple for doing or, you know how there's that saying like, oh, like one person kind of always seems to ruin it for everyone else. Like I've seen firsthand some of those things and it's really disappointing because 99.9% of the people that are out there doing healing work are acting ethically, are acting with integrity, are doing amazing things. And this bad stuff, these ethical violations, they don't happen often, and unethical healers are definitely in the minority. But I want to make everyone aware of a few red flags that you can look out for to really keep yourself free from financial harm and keep yourself from getting taken advantage of. Because here's when it's not ethical for people to be accepting money in exchange for the work that they're doing. So let's talk about my ethical financial violation number one, and this is the only I can do it routine. That's what I call it. This is one of my personal, like my biggest pet peeves, and it's really something that makes me kind of cringe when I see it happening. And I've even seen some really big name people kind of fall into this pattern And I'm not going to name names because my job here is not to call anyone specific out on it, but instead to make all of you listening aware of what this is. 
So this is when a healer disempowers their client by making the client reliant upon their healing. This is unethical. If if a healer makes you feel like only the healer can solve your problems or help you, that is a huge violation of your trust and of their ethics. Because the job of a healer is to facilitate you and assist you on your own healing journey. And they should be empowering you to create positive change in your own life. So if a healer ever tells you that you can't do it on your own and that only they can help you, you better run for the hills, okay? Now, a good healer can help you get to where you'd like to go. Maybe even a little faster, a little easier than you could on your own because you know what? We all need help sometimes. But they should never make you reliant on them for help and they should never disempower you. So it's one thing for a healer to tell you that they can help you realize your own inner gifts or that they can walk you through the process of like realizing in yourself what you need to transform and assist you with that. But you know what? You're still the one doing the healing work and you're a good healer. That's exactly what they should be doing. They should be empowering you. They should be helping you realize that within yourself. So if a healer says to you, you know, I can help you discover this within yourself. I can help you get to where you want to go. That's great. That's what they should be doing. But if they take your power away, if they tell you you can't do it on your own, that only they can do it and that you need to pay them to do it for you, mm -mm, forget that. A good healer empowers you to heal yourself. Never forget that and you'll be in good shape. Okay, ethical financial violation number two is even way worse than the first one. And this is using fear to manipulate people, especially for their own financial gain. And this happens when a healer or a psychic or another wellness practitioner really preys on your vulnerabilities and uses that to kind of extort money from you in a way. And I'm going to go into kind of a not exactly like a personal story because it didn't happen to me, but it happened and I was kind of involved in trying to remedy the situation. So let me tell you this story. Um, so I mentioned that I own Mimosa, my new age shop. And many years ago, down the street from Mimosa, there was a woman who was doing psychic readings. And you know, she opened up shop. She was doing tarot card readings. At first, we heard some really great things from people when she first opened. And, you know, that was pretty cool because we had psychics at Mimosa too. But, you know, like not every client is a good fit for every reader. And sometimes like just getting paired up with the right psychic, just like getting paired up with the right healer helps you realize things on your own, helps empower you to make that, you know, best decision for yourself or take the next steps forward. But it should, again, be empowering. And at first we heard great things about this psychic. But after a few months, after she had built up kind of a regular clientele, I was starting to have people come into my shop with the weirdest stories. And they were all really very negative Um about how this psychic had told them these really bad things. 
Now, I don't think a psychic should necessarily sugarcoat everything or always only have good news because that's not realistic. A psychic is meant to kind of show you some of the possible roads that lie ahead and help you choose the one that you want to go down because you have free will. And the kinds of things that I started hearing from these people who were coming into my store and telling me about these readings they were having were shocking. I mean, truly shocking and scary. Um, There was one woman who said that, you know, it started like a little bit more, like still terrible. I'm going to call it simplistic, but where this psychic was telling people that they had curses on them and that only she could, you know, take this curse off of them. And so like you see how not only is this using fear to manipulate someone for financial gain, but it's kind of going into ethical violation number one, which is only I can fix it. And that really doubled down on some pretty negative practices. So she was telling people they had curses on their family or bad juju, bad energy, um, that they had um, like death energy, like really scary stuff and that only she could fix it. And if they only paid her however much money, she would take care of it for them. And you know how much money it was to fix the problem? Coincidentally, always like the exact amount of money that that person had. Every penny she could squeeze out of that person. And we eventually started hearing stories of how she was bilking people for thousands and thousands of dollars, telling them she would pray for them and she would remove curses and hexes or keep spouses from cheating or keep people's children safe who had curses on them and tons of other horrible things. Tons of horrible things. And... You know, it didn't take long before I started to recognize this pattern of abuse. And that's really what this is. This is ethical violations. This is abuse. And so when people would come in and tell me these things, I felt I had an obligation to tell them, you know, I'm so sorry that this happened to you, but please know you're not the first person that she has said this exact story to and in trying to get you to pay a lot of money. And, you know, having to educate people that no other person can make changes for you. You are responsible and in control of your own emotions, of your own life. And although you can't control the actions of others, you know, if your spouse is going to cheat, your spouse is going to cheat. You can't necessarily control that. Paying someone else to try and control it isn't going to work either. Um, And most of the time, you know, these things weren't even based in reality. These, these, you know, things that this woman would tell people, she would say, oh, your spouse is cheating on you, but I can get them to stop if you just pay me so much money. And, you know, a few of the, the worst stories that I ever heard, there was one woman who came in who said this psychic had told her that the woman's daughter was going to kill herself, that she was suicidal. And, the woman said, I just can't see that. I, you know, I've never, I know that sometimes people don't recognize the signs, but I've never seen that in my daughter. And the woman blew it off for a day or two, but then she got so scared. She was so scared and went back to that psychic for more guidance and said, I'm still just not seeing it. And the woman said, well, because someone has put a curse on you, you're blinded to it, but it's going to happen. But don't worry 
just take a second mortgage out on your house to get together the $12,000 that I will need for my time and the ritual supplies that I need to lift this curse from your family. Can you even imagine that? I mean, it makes me sick to my stomach, even just like recounting the story right now. And before I get into the point of this, I guess, I'm just going to do a quick diversion just to let you know that this story does have a just karmic ending. Um, I actually found out um, like maybe two years ago that that woman, that really bad quote unquote psychic reader, um, is in federal prison for fraud right now. Apparently she took it one step too far and um, set up a phony non-for-profit organization And when her clients were coming in, she actually moved out of state before this happened. So this didn't happen anywhere near (laughs) where I live, thank goodness, Um, because every time things would catch up to her, she would kind of just pick up and take off to a different state, I guess. But she uh, set up this phony non-for-profit, and then she was telling her clients, you know, oh, you've done really bad things in your life, and you've really sinned and apparently she was like really preying on a lot of um, people of the Catholic faith who you know were really concerned about hell and sin and things like that and she said you have sinned in your life but don't worry you can repent by making a sizable donation to this non-for-profit organization this charity without telling them that she founded the non-for-profit that the whole thing was bogus But eventually the good news is she was found out and now she's in prison for fraud. So it's it's not that like, you know, karma doesn't catch up to people who are unethical, but you need to, you know, be aware of some of these red flags. And obviously this whole situation is totally outrageous. And this is a very extreme example of both of these cases. Um, And I know it's hard to believe that someone could treat people this way, but you know what? We're human. And we have moments of weakness and vulnerability in our lives. And unfortunately, there are some people, although very few people, when compared to all the you know, people out there doing good work, there are few people who will exploit these vulnerabilities and weaknesses for their own gain. So is it unethical for healers to take money in exchange for their services? I honestly say nope. Nope, not one bit, unless they're doing some really shady stuff like what I just mentioned in the two examples I gave above. Um, You know, it's important to remember that most of the people out there offering these services are lovely people. They're good people and they want to do this work to be of service because they genuinely want to help. But those people are also the people who deserve the most to be treated with respect and to be compensated for those services they provide and to receive fair compensation for their work. And when they do this, when they receive fair compensation, that doesn't make them greedy. It doesn't make them money hungry. And it doesn't make them any less focused on the importance of the work that they are doing. And in fact, it's my belief that it's actually quite the opposite. When a healer is living in balance with the laws of giving and receiving, they are better able to serve those in their community to give more of themselves, and to share their gifts with those in need. And I know this personally from firsthand experience, just 
being supported and being in a position where I am able to do so much more and give so much more because I'm being financially supported for the work that I'm doing. And just from seeing it play itself out time and time again, from watching my students, from watching my colleagues who live in this place of balance with giving and receiving. So I know this is a controversial topic, but I would love for you to leave me a comment over on the blog. Let me know what you think about this. I want to hear from you. You know, where did you think about this whole thing, like coming into this conversation? What were your beliefs coming in? And was I able to kind of bring you over to my side of seeing things if you disagreed? Or if you agreed, was I able to kind of reaffirm some of those reasons why? Um, I really, I hope that you really got a lot out of today's show. I know there was a lot going on in it and it's like way longer than most of our podcast episodes. But like I said, this is this is like a big thing to me. I, I was working on writing this article for like a little over a year and it was a hard one for me. I had a lot of mixed emotions and mixed feelings about it. But I hope that you had some kind of important takeaway. I hope that there was an epiphany moment, whether you know, you're a healer who hasn't been valuing yourself high enough and, and maybe you need to start charging for your services so that you have that energy exchange so that you can be more in that place of flow and balance. Or, you know, if you're someone who goes out there to get healing arts services um, and now you have more respect and more compassion for the place that your healer's in and, you know, you want to support your values and beliefs and ideals by paying for those services. Or if you're someone who gets those services and now you know a couple of those ethical lines that should not be crossed when it comes to exchanging money for those kinds of services. So I hope that you did find a lot of value in today's show. I hope that it really spoke to you. I hope it spoke to your heart. If you want more information about anything that I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you enjoyed the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me, and I'll ask you a big favor in the spirit of energy exchange, if you've been enjoying this podcast, um, compensate me by leaving a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. It would mean the world to me. I literally read every review and I get excited every time a new rating comes in for the podcast because you know what? It helps me get this podcast out there in bigger and better ways and reach more people and do more of this work for the community. So while you're there at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes, leave me that quick rating and review and also be sure to subscribe through that link as well so you never miss a future episode. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.